Brock in the house. Uh, oh, snap. <laughs> Yo, I wasn't ready. <laughs> you gotta be, gotta wake up ready. I wasn't yes. ready. Yo. <laughs> All right, let me, uh, let me straighten up, yo. We got a visitor. We got visitors. We got a guest got, in the house. We got a special guest in the heezy. But uh, let me, um, let me just go ahead and welcome everybody uh, to this week's brand uh, spanking new episode of Get It How You Live. That's with a U. <laughs> yes, that's right. Get It How You with a U live. No Y-O-U, just a U. Just the U. As always, that's how we do it. Man. <laughs> got my main man Ross with me. Uh, it's your boy, uh, Solly D's. And uh, we got our special guest. Um, all Brockington. From Buffalo, Brockington. Is that is that your full name, Brock? Is it Brockington? You know, it's not, but I'm I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. That, that's so, not what's on the vaccine card, but I'll take it. So, so um, yeah. So let me let me let me let me put that out real quick. So my my name, yes, Ross, is only four letters, and so my whole life, people always ask me if it was short for something. Roswell, so, and it's always been like, no, it's not. <laughs> Rossosaurus. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, 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 it goes on. So what ended up? So what I ended up doing is, anytime I I meet someone whose name is literally one syllable, I just automatically go with you know what what it would be like in its full form, right? So if I meet someone and he says that his name is Hank, I'm automatically gonna be like, yo, so is it short for Henry? And then they'd be like, nah. I'd be like, I know, but from now on, I'm calling you Henry. <laughs> Right. If if your if your name is Frank, I will interchangeably call you Franklin or Francis on any given day. Hey, I appreciate it. You know what? I've been asked that same thing my whole life. People are always asking me what Brock's short for. Yeah. And I, I just have always answered whatever you want it to be. <laughs> so so that's why you're Brockington. Um Saul is Saul, but Americanized his name is Saul, so he could be Solomon easily. Easily, but I mean, I feel like Saul is wow is up there. That's no, like yeah, how you know wow. for a while after after uh, you know uh, forty four, I was just called uh, Barack. In fact, oh, I, uh, worked at, I worked at a school. I worked at a school for a year, and one of our my partner teachers, who I worked with like all the time, um, at the end of the year, she stops me in the hall and she's like, "Wait." Your name's Brock, not Barack, and she'd been calling me Barack all year. And I was like, "Oh yeah, but it's fine. I'll just pick whatever. It starts with a B. It's the same thing." Barack O'Drama. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it. I was ready. I love it. This this was a this was good. This uh, I appreciate this lighthearted moment we had to uh, to start off the pod this week. Oh, hey, it's gotta, too funny. Gotta laugh to stop from crying, right? Yeah, for yeah. real. Facts. So, um, 
Let's see. How do we start this off, Rasta? We, well, uh, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Um, so, Brock, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna give you some time to think about it. We're gonna talk about our wows and pals of the week, and basically, your wows would be things that you feel went well or that you were impressed by, and then your pals would be things that kind of hit you hard or things that you were saddened by or just didn't go well. So I'll go first, just so you could get an idea. Then Mr. Saul will go second, and then that'll give you a chance to uh, get your wows and pals together, and then you, you can uh, drop those on us. <laughs> so let me see my wows. I really had to think hard about this one. Um, you know, we had we had a call before we recorded, Saul and I, and I was like, yo, I can't even think of anything good that went down this week after the way things went down. So, but my wow ended up being the fact that um, D. Wade is now a minority owner of the Utah Jazz. Oh. Yeah. And and Not I felt like it was a wow only because we constantly, every season, have the same conversation about, man, how are we going to get more black coaches? How are we going to get more black general managers? And that's whether we're talking about baseball, football, basketball, hockey, never that. But I think I, I think that that's how we really should start is having more people who look like us being able to be on the other side of those checks, and so that happening I felt was a was a big wow, only because we wow. all a lot a lot. <laughs> I love wow. that. I love that only because a lot of times parental units or society in general will 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 pump up kids to be those athletes, but we don't think about pumping them up to be the ones who cut those checks to those athletes. So I think that's a big wow. And as far as the piles, man, y'all can pick any of the shit that we're going to be talking about today. Um, let's see. I watched the uh, Karan Nazario vid on Saturday. Mm-hmm. By Monday, we found out about Dante Wright. And now I'm hearing about a 13-year-old boy in Chicago named Adam Toledo. So, yeah, those were my wows and pals. Mm. I feel you. I feel you on those pals. Let me see. I, uh, you know, I, I complain about um, joining the workforce a lot mm. uh, ever like these last couple months. Um, so my wows, uh, I've really learned to. Uh, I mean, like, I, I, I'm not. It's I've really. It's like I've relearned to kind of uh, look at the small things, kind of, mm-hmm. and not take them for granted. And uh, boy, I tell you what, I can't give a big enough wow for the weekend. Uh, like straight up. Amen to uh, that. It's like, you know, it, it's funny because it really, you know, being off of work for a uh, extended period of time really kind of makes you want to rethink, like reevaluate the entire system itself. Mm. Like, uh, you know, I mean, we we know this. We talk about this a, a lot now, especially it's a it's a big topic of conversation. Uh, because of uh, the pandemic and everybody's gotten a chance to work from home now and they've seen that hey it's doable like we can save a lot of money it's efficient we can stay at home i can balance uh living working and you know from my house and living at home and um you know having to go back to like a regular uh you know nine to five almost or whatever it is it's just like you got to be kidding me this is ridiculous so uh, Fridays are always good because, like, Saturdays, I just don't have to do shit uh, except, like, clean the house and do laundry. But uh, whatever, man. You know, you get up. You, I, I do you don't have to wake up early for that. Me. I feel you. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> so as simple as it as it may sound, I'm I'm very uh, my wow is for uh, for it just being you know fucking Friday and it's gonna be Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Let me see. Um, and then if I got a pal, uh, you know, here's a pal. There's this little Spanish restaurant down the street from my house. Mm. Tell them why you mad, son. <laughs> All right. And I love them to death because uh, I got like, I mean, their Cubans are really good. Her, her Spanish food is really good. But for some reason, the last two times that I've gotten lunch from there, like my buddy, uh, you know, shout out to my buddy, John Carlo. He'll, he'll come through uh, for me on lunch because I can't really leave the crib. Uh, I don't have enough time. So every now and then, if he's around, he'll just be, yo, I'm around the corner or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick up some lunch. So uh, I showed him about the Spanish place. Well, they're like, uh, so in, in Spanish, they're called maduros. They're plantains. Mm, yes, but, yes, uh, yes. Like the, the, the ripe ones. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're like the dry, you know, the darker ones. They're, uh, they're, they're fried, but it could be like pan fried, but they're sweet. Yo, I don't know what's going on, but I don't think she's like, uh, I think she mixed up the plantains or something because these Maduros, the last two times I've been there, have been complete uh, pals. Like, it's just, I, I didn't even know what to do with them. I was like, is this a mixture of like regular plantains and the sweet plantains and you just fried them the same way? Because it was not, it's not a good look. My friend, it's not a good look. So as a, as a, as a plantain connoisseur myself, mm. You know what I mean? I, I, you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, like mix those up. You got, you, you got to know the difference. So uh, that's my pal for the week. <laughs> Are these shitty plantains at that place that I got these last two times? I, mean, <laughs> I, I feel you on that, Saul. I mean, it's always Yo. the worst when you go somewhere and you know what you're going to get and you like start doing that little mental, like, eating of the meal you're like oh yeah it's gonna be so good these are the items i'm getting and then you get fucked on one of them and you're like wow now this is like ruined oh. my whole damn day miserable you know you know what didn't do that brock what always came through was that chicken club at nba city <laughs> i've hit never had a bad chicken club but anyway hit the spot <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I got multiple wows. No, that's cool. So so first off, since I'm in Buffalo, it would be wrong if I didn't at least mention Officer Horns. Carry on. You hear about this? Of course. Yes. Yeah, Hold so, on, who? Say that again? So, you know, uh, Officer Horn. Um, here in Buffalo. So basically, you know how all those bootlickers – Love to talk about, you know, how this is just the bad apples we see. And here we have a good, a good apple uh, who specifically tried to, who stopped her off, uh, fellow officer from using a chokehold on oh, a defendant okay. in uh, 2006. And you know how the city of Buffalo rewarded her for that? No, wait they for fired it. her ass. Fired her ass. <laughs> what? Not just fired her ass. Fired her ass when she was at 19 years, and it takes 20 to get your pension. Fucked her son. Oh, my. Some real garbage. Um, but she won her court, uh, her court case against the police department this week. And they actually mentioned the fact of uh, George Floyd. Now, 
this has been a long ass time that she fought for years. Yeah, she'd been fighting for a long time. But what really just stuck out and like made me feel some hope for humanity was when she talked about it. She's like, you know, it's not about getting the pension or anything like that. At the end of the day, why I know that decision was worth it was that the, that defendant is still alive. That uh, there are that uh, person who was is still alive, and like that's great to see. Like she went through all this crap, and she's still like, hey, at least I wasn't part of that. And like. Man, if, Ooh, if we're really talking nice. about changing the system, officers like Officer Horn are the people we need to be having out there doing the training. Wait. Horn? Since you said Officer Horn. <laughs> yeah, hit him with the horn, son. Hit him with the horn, son, yeah. The other one I have is uh, on my WoW side. I don't know if y'all saw the um, the reversal that the Biden administration made today, it came out earlier today that they were going to stick with the lower number of refugee resettlements of 15,000, which is the lowest it had ever been in the United States in modern time. And um, yeah, it was that Biden got a lot of flack for it immediately. And because he had said before that he was going to raise it to 62,000. Yeah. Um, they were going to resettle uh, and got a ton of flack for it. And it took only a few hours for the Biden administration to reverse that decision and decide, you know what, we are going to raise this number. And for me, that's like, just shows how, you know, again, I've, you know, been, I've been on before I've been, I voted for Biden. I was definitely super excited to see him win. I celebrated the inauguration and I'm excited to see that it doesn't look like, you know, at least so far. And in this case, that people became like blind fans of them because people shouldn't become fans of politicians. You know, we got to hold them accountable. Exactly. And when they, when they fuck up, we got to call them out on that shit. You got to let them know. Mm -hmm. And so I was super excited to see that. I actually had it on my to-do list to go ahead and call, uh, to call the white house and complain. But uh, I didn't have to do that because it had already been changed by the time I got around to it. So that was a real nice piece right there. And my last wow on that side is going to be um, I'm getting my second vaccine dose of Pfizer tomorrow. Oh, Super excited about that. Talk about it. So yeah. those are my wows. And my, my pal would just be the continual – and we'll get into this more – the continual bootlicking from these quote-unquote small government people on the right who, you know, as soon as a, a black man gets shot or detained, you know, it's just like, oh, he should have just complied. And it's like, okay, motherfuckers, why didn't you comply with the fucking mask ordinances? Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> so those damn bootlickers, they're always there, and you're just like... Phew. Bootlickers. Oh man, I hate bootlickers. Fucking worst. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey Ross, um, you know what? Since since we got him here real quick, uh, we should roll right into the uh, those uh, those dastardly. Uh, you talk about the sinister six that we have. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Barack. Brockington, surprise, Brock. Barack Obama. We um, we well, we've we've decided that for getting how you live, we'll be asking our guests, esteemed guests, illustrious guests, six questions. Okay. For them to answer 
And so, um, are you ready for the Sinister Six? I'm ready. All right. I want beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Number one, Big or Pac? That's Biggie Smalls or Tupac Shakur? This, I want to sit on the fence and say, like, I enjoy the music of Biggie more, but, like, the philosophy of Pac more. Mm. I like wow. it. I like it. I like it. You got to pick one, though. You gotta okay, I'll go with Pac, then. Oh, I think that's the first pot. I like sure. it. I like it. I respect that. I respect that. You know, you know, Brock got a little panther in him. So I, oh, I was just listening to a great podcast about the Panthers. So. There you go. See? Uh, pfft, pfft. Second question. Um, what show are you currently streaming? I'm currently streaming uh, for All Mankind on Apple TV. Definitely a fan of it. Got some space Cold War crap, and we're getting to see, and uh, we're getting to the point where alternate universe Reagan is just the worst, and it's like, yeah, fuck Reagan. <laughs> Which <laughs> real universe Reagan? Reagan was not that great either. Oh yeah, exactly. That's why you know it's a good alternate universe if Reagan's still a shithole. You're, you're <laughs> like, like, okay, very accurate. You're like, yeah, they stuck to reality, pretty close to reality here. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> what song is played the most on your playlist? Oh, I mean, I'll be honest here, y'all. This this could be embarrassing, but you know what? Go for it. This week, it's been uh, Deja Vu. Have you heard that one from the girl who did Driver's License? Nope. Yeah, I mean... You don't I've never it. even heard driver's oh. license. I don't even oh, know. Oh, see, is. you're missing out. It's all over the TikTok. I'm like, I'm like one of these millennials pretending oh. to be like the kids all on the TikToks. <laughs> all on the TikToks. Oh, all right, God. all right. Number four, dogs or cats? Oh, easy, dogs. My man. Hot or cold? Nice, I like it. Uh, cold because you can always put the extra layers on. You can only take so many clothes off before you get in trouble. You're on an island, Saul. Beer or cocktail? Oh, cocktail. My man. And this is it, sir. You have survived the Sinister Six. Six, 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 six. There we go. Six, 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 six. Sinister Six, 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 six. I wish I had an echo out. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're working our way up to that, Brock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. I'm being lazy. You got to unlock some more in the budget. It happens. It happens. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. Oh, man. All right. Um. Oh, and before we do get started, I mean, we just got to get this uh, – lightheartedness out of the way because I did mention a Brock um, one of our hate line messages was about micromanagement mm. and uh, Brock might have mentioned that he kind of had a good micromanaging story but uh, one of our uh, listeners um, so we have this hate line thing going on it's uh, it's kind of like uh, any kind of work gripe or anything that really grinds mm-hmm. your gears uh, we just kind of want to hear from you uh, anonymously doesn't have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to put a name on it or anything like that. Just, uh, hey, just leave a message saying something uh, about something that you hate. Get it off your chest. Um, and one of them was about micromanagement. I know we had uh, our second one was about wet socks. But then he threw in a curveball. And um, he also doesn't like, um, and Ross, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say kind of like uh, the big business in politics. Yeah, yeah. And wet socks. Wet socks was the main thing. Yeah. I mean, wet socks. <laughs> I, I feel. 
Yo, what I mean, yeah, I so and it's funny that we brought this up um cuz on the walk over to the to my little studio here in the house, I um I had a drink in my hand. And I'm also wearing socks cuz my feet get really cold in the house. And I splashed some of the drink all over my sock. I have yet to change my sock and I can confirm that wet socks are pretty well, see, Saul, I would feel some sympathy for you here, but you're missing out on a huge mistake, and I can't, I can't be upset with you because I missed out on this too. You know, a very key, crucial part of the really quarantine living at home life is realizing that slippers are your friend. Rock oh, some see, slippers. I'm, I'm in the market. I'm in the market for some slippers. I really am, and I've been, uh, I've been hunting for some Knicks slippers specifically. Mm. So I think I might pull the trigger on these that I caught that I saw online. Let me, let me ask you a question, son. How long have you been in these wet socks right now? <laughs> what time is it? Nine thirty. So probably about. Yo, your man, my, rock, rock, your boy might oh. be a serial killer. Yeah, that's it's only one sock. It's oh, that sock would have been gone. Only one sock. Nah. One sock is and part part it's only the top that's a little dense because because a little bit of the drink splashed on it. And it was inconvenient for a second, but you know, it was like ah, all right. Well now I forgot about it because I'm talking to you two fine gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh man, I'd I'd look over there, like I'd be giving some people would give me some question and looks because I'd be rocking that one sock look. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I feel you guys. I, I definitely I got to get some slippers for sure. But um, yeah. Also, uh, also the the big money in politics is uh, I mean, and I can understand that gripe. It's pretty funny because, uh, you know, that's. I mean, that's all that is. It's just big money in politics. I don't know how else to explain it. I don't. I don't know. Like, uh, Ross, no, there, there's I'm nothing to help out there. That the campaign contributions, I mean, time and time again, you've seen campaigns in terms of the people or groups who represent the people asking that whenever someone runs for office, they be publicly funded so we all have the same amount of money. Let's be, let's be not so much frugal, but let's be equitable at the very least. And then we see what you can do with the amount of money that you are given. And then that gives no one an unfair advantage in terms of resources. And it's always the same response. It's like, hell not. And that's on both sides. That's on both sides. So what can we do? I can tell you right now what you can do on that front. And it's call your senator and vote and encourage them to vote for the for the people act so the for the people act has already passed the house and right now we need the senate to vote on it um and we need 60 senators to pass it it's the republicans have come out really strong against it it does a bunch of different things but one of the big things it does is it limits money in politics specifically dark money uh, tightening the restrictions making it where you have to release um your donors earlier on and really helping bring back that issue it doesn't solve all the issues but that's a, it's a huge step if you haven't heard about it Please go ahead, check it out. It's the again. It's called the For the People Act. Um, it's also called HR one because normally, like each uh, Congress in the House, they make whatever they think is the most important bill HR one a significance. 
And it's a huge, it does a huge number of things that are super important. Um, one of them being limiting money in politics. So don't just, don't just talk about it, be about it. Oh, broccoli. Mm-hmm. Brockington coming in hard, son. Brockwell Wellington coming mm-hmm. in with mm-hmm. the don't, don't, don't let him catch you in the paint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I like it. I like it. The For the People Act. All right. HR1. Facts. Everybody look into that. Um, let's see. Uh, well, and oh yeah, the micromanagement. So we did get one about, and I I felt this one, you know, a little bit more, uh, more just to the core because uh, I, I I've kind of been going through a little bit of a micromanaging uh, episode myself, but um, I'm not sure if you guys have ever gone through anything uh, where you've been uh, micromanaged to the point where our caller uh, last week on our hate line on on last week's uh, episode. Uh, had a story I've like been that. micromanaged, but not to the point where a motherfucker was like, "Yo, you called me on the way home." That once yeah. he said that, I was like, mm, mm. <laughs> "I yeah, I can't imagine calling my boss on the way home every day after work to let him know how how my day." Yeah, was. I I uh, I definitely have a story about um, micromanaging, and <laughs> not to. Not to that level, but a little, just a little different. So, like, um, obviously, like, I've worked in restaurants for a long time. Um, for around, like, seven years, I worked in restaurants. And I remember one, and this is, I think it's a funny story, because I was also not the most professional after being micromanaged. Because, again, micromanaging doesn't bring out the best in your employees, so you shouldn't do it. Um but I was, I was serving tables and this is the last year I was serving tables. So I had six, you know, six, seven years of experience serving tables and I'm over there. I'm at this nice restaurant, Hamilton's kitchen, uh, over in winter park. And there's this table that I, you know, I've got one table and so, well, you know, this is serving you. One of the first things you realize is you realize the people who want to talk to you and the people who you want you to leave them the fuck alone. That is absolutely the, the key thing absolutely. you got to do in serving tables. You got to figure out those people who want to talk and the people who just want you to leave, give them their food, and that's it. Yeah, so, you got to read your table. You so I'm talking to this table, table and they're they're the they want to talk people. So I'm over there talking to them, getting their whole life story, going back because again, I got one table. I might as well, you know, I'm going to get the most tip I can out of that. So I'm over there spending a good bit of time out of there, and my manager pulls me over. Like when I'm talking to them, he like comes over. He's like, "Hey, Brock, I need you." And I'm like, "Okay." Pulls me into the kitchen in front of all the cooks, and he's like, "Brock, leave that table alone. Like you're over there bothering them too much. Just drop off the food and leave." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Like <laughs> I know how to fucking serve a table." And he's doing it in front of all the all the cooks and shit like that. And I'm like, "This motherfucker over here act like I don't know how to serve tables." Because my thing is like. And so well, you might be able to test this food knowledge, drink knowledge, never the best. Oh. What I was good at is I could work a fucking table. I could work that fucking table. Yes. So about Absolutely. 45 minutes after Absolutely. me getting berated in front of the whole cooks, uh, the people, the people leave and I look down on the check and what is it? It's a 40% tip. So you're, 
that's your damn ass. Oh. What do I do? I march myself right back into that kitchen and I make sure all the cooks see. And I was like, oh, but I was just so annoying, right? I was talking their ear off. They wanted me to leave them alone. And made sure that my manager never <laughs> leave that live that one down. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I've uh I've been there before. It's uh, it's a little tough, especially in the restaurant uh, industry. It's uh, it's tough when you've got uh, supervisors and managers like that, well, especially or or even if you have like mm. celebrities sometimes, you know, sitting at your table and, and everything like that. It's a, uh, it, it's a fine line. But uh, as Brock mentioned, you know, he's five six years into this job, like, you know, he knows what he's doing. We know what we're doing. Look, if you've got a server that's that's been five years at that job and especially at that restaurant just you know specifically trust me they know what yeah, they're doing five years at, right? the, at, the, at that restaurant <laughs> like, yeah they, they they know this shit you know and and just five years serving in general which means you've been around to different restaurants you know how everything works you've encountered different way you know different uh all mm-hmm. types of different people and different uh characters you know so, and I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, you got to know what your people are, learn how to evaluate your people and work on the things that they need work on. Like, give feedback. Yeah, like, absolutely. my thing is, like, that's what I say. Like, you can always, that my managers can always come at me with food or drink knowledge. I never was that good at that stuff. So I was like, hey, like, come and talk to me on that stuff. I'll be receptive. But know, know your people. Evaluate their actual strengths and weaknesses, not what you perceive as their strengths and weaknesses. Oh, that is dropping Again, knowledge bombs, bro- yo. Broccoli, <laughs> dropping it. Yo, dropping straight it up off. with the alley oop and oh, one. <laughs> throw it down, big man. Throw it down. Throw it down, big man. Throw it down. Um, man. So, uh, you know, I, I always love the intro to our show because it's uh. You know, it's always so much fun and lighthearted. And then all of a sudden, we got to get into the yeah. serious shit because, you know. America. Um, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, so it's, all right, I, I, I'll i say it this way. Um, you know, the, the gentleman uh, in Minnesota, mm-hmm. the Dante Wright, the 20-year-old with a traffic stop, uh, it's like, I swear to, I swear to God, this is a crazy, it's, well, all right, are we, mm-hmm. is this deja vu? Is this the same thing? All over again. I mean, didn't we have like Philando Castile there as mm-hmm. well several years ago? Um, in the same state. And then now, you know, just a year ago, George Floyd uh situation, which is still fresh because uh they're still like the trial is oh yeah, the, the trial, trial just ended, just right, ended. Is that what you were telling me earlier? So jury's going to deliberate. I think they come back. I forgot when they come okay. back, to be honest with you. I'm gonna say Monday. Well, so Monday they have the, I believe it's, aren't there final, the like final conclusion arguments? There you go. Are out there. The final statements are on Monday. And then go. they put the jury out. Hopefully it's short, but honestly, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it were waiting for weeks. Yeah, that would be, that would be, that would be horrible. Uh, we'll, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there because I can't, if that happens, I'll tell you what, this that state is going to burn to the ground. But, um, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, just a year ago, we, we saw the George Floyd situation. And now we're, again, witnessing this situation where, 
uh, the officer who is no longer an officer, she resigned. Uh, but I guess mis- mistook her taser mm. for her gun or whatever, mistook her gun for, like, yeah. Anyways, the point is she thought she grabbed a taser and instead she grabbed her gun and she shot and killed this kid. Um, I don't know the details to, to, to the story all that much. I tried to avoid the whole thing. I just knew that this young man, uh, the one detail I do know is the young man was calling his mom. And, and and he was a father as well. Had a young one year old, two year old, like a baby oh, daughter. Two-year-old. No, two year old. Yeah. So, and I just know he during the stop he had called his mother. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I don't know why. I guess they were saying something like he knew that was going to be it for him, or I don't know what. It was. I don't know. I don't know. But I just know that was that detail uh, stuck with. Yeah, he called his mom because he was scared when it happened. Called his mom because he was scared. He got pulled over, so he called his mom. Um, I'm not. I'm not even going to talk about the whole her making a mistake, grabbing her gun instead of a taser. Because full disclosure, I'm not buying it. Now, with that said, the views expressed by Mr. Lavelzur are not necessarily the views of the podcast, right? But I'm going to say <laughs> it. I don't buy it. Come on, she's she's a 26 year vet. She she's been a police officer longer than he was alive. And she was a training officer. She had a rookie with her. She had somebody that she was training with her. She used to head to that department's chapter of the Fraternal Order of Police. So she knows how to get around the accountability for killing that boy. That's why she kept saying taser, taser, taser while she was holding a gun for about, what, like six to eight seconds, and then she shot him. And then she resigned. Thank you for saying that, Rob. She resigned, so now she gets to keep her pension Unlike Carrie O'Horn, who we just talked about earlier, who got fired, who got fired for trying to keep somebody alive. This one, she gets to resign and keep her pension. So what are they saying? He had a warrant, right? It was so so, so first he gets so first he gets pulled over for having because apparently in the state of Minnesota, or at the very least in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, it's illegal to have air freshener dangling from the mirror that's how they pull you over that's how they get you that's how they pull that's why he was pulled over he was pulled over Mm -hmm. because he had air freshener dangling from his rear view mirror so that happens you get pulled over license and registration hands that shit over goes runs his shit now she's like oh this dude got a warrant okay go ahead do you know the details of that war like what the warrant was for? Yo, to if I do recall, there was a warrant for because he failed to show up. He failed to show up to court for a for an alleged armed robbery. And then there was another one where he had like a gun possession. So the I, I do believe he had at least two warrants out on him. Do you know why he failed to show up? I have no clue. Because they sent him the Oh, they the sent it to the wrong address. They sent it to the wrong address. Because of the pandemic, either it didn't get to his house they, or it was sent to the wrong address. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's for me is, like, I always, with all these issues, you know, I always feel like, you know, because, again, what we're seeing now and the way we're seeing this, it's not about 
a case of a uh, Trevor Noah has done some uh, IG videos on this. Um, it's not about like there being, you know, a few bad apples. What we're seeing is we're seeing the fact that the policing system in America is really fucked up. The fucking you know, trees again, rotten, yo. Here, no bad here, mm-hmm. here we're seeing a case where, you know, cops are allowed to make mistakes, right? And we see all the time that cops are allowed to act in fear. Oh, they fear for their life. That's why they did this. And so what it seems is like we're given all these excuses to the police to be able to, you know, act in fear, to make mistakes, yet when we're talking about the suspects, you know, these uh, often black and brown men, um, they're the ones that they can't act in fear. They, you know, they can't drive a few, uh, you know, a few minutes longer to stop somewhere in where it's bright, where it's oh, talk light, which we'll get to. You know, they can't do these things. They have to not act in fear and they can't make mistakes or it can be their life on the line. And I think what we're seeing here is clearly just a double standard. And we've got to be talking about systems here. This isn't just some, you know, again, a few bad apples. We're talking about a fucked up system to the core. Yeah, it's just, uh, from what I gather, she came back, asked my man to step out of the car. He did. And then she put, she started putting the handcuffs on him and then he sees more cars are showing up so it's like oh no fuck this i ain't going out like that he gets back in the car somehow some way and decides he's gonna drive off and that's when she goes and decides to go fucking dirty hairy on him but the thing that the thing that a lot of people many people seem to forget is that yo this number one is supposed to be a traffic stop Mm-hmm. What? Tra- but too many times we see traffic stops ending and somebody being dead. And then number two, yo, okay, so he's driving off. Fuck it. You know where he lives. You got his info. You'll catch him on the flip side. You've been on the force for 26 years. You mean to tell me you can't just go to his damn house? You're supposed to be a peace officer. Just all right. Let him escape. We'll catch him later. We'll send. We'll send. We'll send some people to his house. See? He's gonna end up paying for whatever. But no, she had to bust out with the gun and shoot him. That's fucked up. And, and, and I think, go ahead. And I think that's exactly the right point. I mean, that's one of the things too is I I see here, and you know, I'm thankfully I've seen some people call call for it online. Is really the real question is why does a minor traffic stop need to be any different than when you get a ticket? Thankfully, I was never dumb enough to do this. But when you get a ticket on the beach for drinking, uh, having an open container, if anybody, you know. Y'all in Florida, y'all been on the beach. They're not out there arresting people for open containers. They're giving written arrests. They're giving them, hey, here's your court date. Show up. Yeah. yeah. Yo, they're not even arresting people. They're not even arresting people for smoking J's in their cars yeah, in the parking it, lot. Trust why me, does dude. it need to be different in this case? <laughs> well, not, mm. you know, certain people aren't getting arrested for smoking J's yeah, in the not, parking lot. Not yeah, everybody's getting something about that. But I mean, really, yeah. why can't why can't written arrest be more of a thing? And then, in general, and you know, this is the conversation I think we really need to have. Why do we need somebody with a gun to be responding to basic traffic uh, incidents? Straight up, straight up. It's like, yo, Dante, you know you got warrants, right? All right, man, don't be fucking around. Yo, you could go home. 
here, take this ticket. <laughs> That's it. Yep. That's it. Now, I'm not a trained police officer. So I don't know. I know that you'll hear part of people say, yo, you don't know what it's like. Your life is on the line. This, that, and the third. I, I understand that part clearly. But you made a choice, fam. You made a choice. And if you can't handle the consequences of that choice, you'll quit the job. And also, I mean, I'm sorry, but we can't be just talking about safety here because if we had the same standards based on actual safety data, then we would be letting fucking pizza delivery men and truck drivers be able to have just as much legal protection because they're way more likely to die on the job than cops. Yo, speaking of, so little side story because you reminded me uh, when I lived in Gainesville, Five star. I don't know why, bro, but carry on. And uh, this, <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I'm gonna throw that shit up in the morning. That, that, older that and wiser, morning. I guess. We are so older and wiser. You, without fail, without fail, you would throw it up in the morning. I've never had not had five star where I didn't throw up the next like the morning, but it could have been because all the gross cheap alcohol, the combination of grease. Anyways, so uh, yo, shout out to Erica Squig, bro, because <laughs> she told me this story. She was taking like these uh, martial arts uh, lessons up in while well, she was up in school over there, and uh, I guess one of the guys in her class, if I remember the story correctly, was also a pizza delivery driver up there uh, in Gainesville, up there in like the UF area, and uh, <laughs> she told me the story. He was it had, it was in the newspaper, I believe, too. Um, my man got called out to some weird address to deliver pizza. Ended up being in the middle of nowhere so they could jump him and, like, steal his money, like, rob him. And uh, I think he, like, kind of defended himself as much as he could. And I'm not sure if they, like, the next morning or something happened where they found him, like, halfway in a lake or something like that. Like, because he was, like, knocking got beat up. Yeah, some crazy story. You know what? It was some crazy story. Point is, I'm attesting to what Brock is saying about, you know, these pizza drive delivery drivers get assaulted way more than uh, <laughs> and left for death than cops do. I gotta call I gotta call Eric. I gotta text her later. I mean, and, but it, it, it's like <laughs> if we're okay. really talking about safety, like there are way more dangerous jobs than being a cop. And the whole thing too is like, and again, we you know we kind of had this conversation a little bit over the summer, people did, but like why do cops have to do – if their job's so dangerous all the time, then why do cops need to do as many things as they do? Why can't we scale back what police officers do? Because at the end of the day, and this is the thing that's missing out of this system, it's not even like we're having these high incidences of people being killed by the cops higher than like anywhere else in the world. If you actually look at the data, we also suck at solving crime. Like the fact of the matter is, unless you unless you get murdered, <laughs> your crime probably not getting solved. I got my car stolen. You know how many times the cops followed up with me? Zero. After I followed that initial report, fucking. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and put this report. Oh yeah. Have you ever Same. have you ever asked them what they do after Same. you follow a report with them? Because when you do, they just like, oh, you know, we're gonna put it in. It's gonna be in the statistics. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> 
They don't know. They don't. They don't do anything. I got lucky. They. I got, somebody called me. I think oh, it was a junkyard uh, that they found. I got called. That. I got called there by Universal Studios. They're because they dropped it off at the in the uh, parking lot, and I was an employee at Universal at the time, obviously. And they're like, they're like, "Hey, Brock, you need to move your car. It's been here for three days." I'm like, "No, it's not. It's in my driveway." And. It's this car that's stolen, and it's like, oh, the cops aren't even doing that. And, like, this isn't just me going off of anecdotal data. Like, if you look at the data in America, like, unless you literally get murdered, your crime is probably not getting solved. Like, even attempted murder, because it's just attempted and somebody didn't actually die, you're you're more likely than not to get away with attempted murder. So, <laughs> so here... Here, are like the top, I, I want to say eight most dangerous jobs so far. Number one mm. is logging workers. Fatal injury rate: one hundred and eleven per one hundred thousand workers. Number two are aircraft pilots and flight engineers. Fatal injury rate: fifty-three per one hundred thousand workers. Then you've got derrick operators in oil, gas, and mining. You've got roofers, which I can attest to that. Garbage collectors. Holy shit. Iron workers, I can definitely attest to that. Delivery drivers, I mean, I'm guessing mm. maybe because they spend so much time on the road. Uh, and then farmers. <laughs> A Yo, farmer. That farm work is heavy, son. Dang. Let's see. Yeah, the, the U.S. logging has the highest uh, fatality rate. In the U.S., fishers and related fishing workers. So where's America, really? I want to go. Like, where's the you know right the that. thin wood line? Where are those <laughs> flags? Can I break it out? You know the real people holding up our holding up our system here. Don't nobody give a fuck, bro. Yeah, yeah. wood loggers wood lives matter. Lives matter. Lives matters. <laughs> Straight up, like <laughs> aircraft pilot lives matter. Yeah. Everybody. Barrack operators and oil, gas, and mining lives matter, everybody. We, we need to start a movement. Roofers' lives matters. Nobody wants to be a roofer. You know how hard it is to be a roofer? Bruh, so, I, had, I had a dude come over to the house to inspect the roof. Yo, my man had to put on these special shoes, B. And I was like, yo, you good? I was like, you good? like, yeah, man, you know, I see your roof is kind of steep in some areas, blah, 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 blah. Yo, tell me how my man almost slipped while he was up there regardless. Nah. No. Nah, son. Nah, son. Nah, son. So that's where we are with that, but that. unfortunately, Dante Wright, not the only so one. Mistakes. I mean, not even unfortunately. Fortunately, the next person we're talking about at least survived. Well, mm -hmm. I, well, I'm not, and I'm not even. I'm, I'm. Unfortunately, I, I'm still stuck on, on Dante Wright real quick because, I, I we we did move past the fact that she again. I don't buy that shit. Taser for the gun or whatever, but I still, I can't, I can't get past that. Like that is the craziest. Uh, I mean, they're completely. Yo, you, you know who else didn't buy that shit? Pat motherfucking Robertson. Who? Oh, bad. Brock, I don't know Thank if you, you saw that, but there's actually a video of Pat Robertson <laughs> on the 700 Club holding a gun and a taser 
and just saying that he does not understand how a 26-year law enforcement veteran can mistake the two. I mean, for the mouths of babes, right? Because I mean, Pat Robinson has about the same intelligence as a baby. So, I mean, <laughs> for the mouths of babes. I mean, because the whole deal is – and I mean, also, also I mean, again, because we got to – you know, I, I try to always shift as much as possible to talk about, like, systems and structures. Why, why – tell me why every time a cop pulls somebody over, they immediately – go to the lethal option of pulling out their gun instead of their taser. If we're going out already and issuing this can be lethal, quote unquote, non-lethal option of a taser, why isn't that the go-to? Why isn't that the first and foremost thing that people try that people pull cops pull when they're on people? Yeah. But like you said, it's, it's uh. It's a system issue, and mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of people talk about reform and things of that nature. And it's like, nah, we got to rebuild the whole thing, got to rethink the whole thing. When people talk, I, and we we spent a good part of 2020 talking about defund the police on our podcast. So, yeah, to like no avail, even in general, the whole country, because we're. Literally mm-hmm. right back to the same place we started. Yeah, I'm not going to be the dead yeah. horse, but yeah, it's the system. It, it, a lot of people are like, oh, the system the system needs to change. The system's not working. No, the system is working. That's how the system is yep. designed. I mean, you're 100% right. Because I see the same thing, you know, we were talking about, you know, the fucking Blue Lives Matter shit and all you know, the thin blue line and all this shit. That's all building into this idea in the system that, that – that there is an enemy within the country. That these people are fighting that enemy that is our fellow citizen. Mm. I just think like that's we can't have that. We can't live in a country where we think other people, other fellow citizens are the enemy. And that's why like we're continuing to see this over and over again because cops the first thing they think is not oh this is my neighbor oh this is somebody who you know i'll help out with this they're seeing that person as a threat and that's a problem and as long as you're teaching these people and training because remember the officer in the george floyd case that uh and the officer in uh this case here both of them are training officers yeah they're training people yeah. Not Officer Horn. She's not out there training people. She was fired. She was fired. And she had to fight for 15 years. For 15 years. Just to get her damn pension. For 15 years. And why did she get fired? She got fired because she kept her partner from killing someone who was already in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Who was already in handcuffs. Mm. So here we have it. That's because the system was designed to let these motherfuckers get away with it. Because the system views the rest of us as dispensable. Mm -hmm. The system's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. The system gets one of these from me. We're uh we're coming up on that hour mark. Um, 
any uh any kind of closing r- r- remarks before we uh we take our break and uh and and we play the uh the new hate line messages during the break um but any i mean you know how, how can we even there is no wrapping it up i mean wrap this up I, you know I, i'll i mean i'll, I'll say this I, I got i i got upset because uh because ross you you hit the nail on the head when when you mentioned that she knew what she was doing when she repeatedly repeatedly yelled yeah, out that's her union that's her union training gun and then how yes you know and that that's what kills me because time and time again we see that we see these we see these asshole cops on these power trips and everything on the on you know caught on video you know saying stupid shit like that but anybody with a brain knows why they're saying it you know they know exactly what they're doing you know they're saying stop resisting stop resisting while they're punching you in the fucking face and it's like <laughs> no one's resisting you're the one hitting me you know what i mean like it's i'm i'm reacting to your face to, to your fist hitting my head yeah you know what i'm reacting to my head hitting the concrete it's not that i'm resisting arrest it's that you're manhandling me and i'm getting beat up because i'm already handcuffed and there's nothing i and can I mean, do at the end of the day really i you know people might say this is hyperbolic but how if you're a person uh, you know a black or brown person in this country how can you look at the history of policing and race and not feel the same way as you know what the panthers put it uh um back in the day which they talked about you know resisting the police is the same as somebody fighting off a lynching i, I don't see the lie mm-hmm. straight up mm. Let's um, let's take a let's take a quick break. I gotta refill. Please this, get uh, rid of the wet sock. This tiny glass that I have. Um, <laughs> good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna I'm, I'm gonna get rid of the sock. I think Don't it's worry. a good idea. I'm changing it. Yeah, I will. Now, trust me, I'm changing the sock. And and uh, and uh, yeah, you know what? I, I don't know if I talked about this Amber Ruffin cup that I got. Uh, the Amber Ruffin show is a really great show, by the way. A shout out to Amber Ruffin. Shout out to uh Tarek Davis and shout out to Jeff and like like everybody that works on that show I don't personally know them all I know is they respond to my hey. uh, DMs on Instagram you know what I mean like my reacts and stuff and I'm like oh all right so at least they, you know, they're, they're, they're really uh they're down to earth people um yeah but um so it's a great show if anybody has a chance to watch the Amber Ruffin show it's on the Peacock uh network and it's also on it's I mean it should be on TV soon after the Seth Meyers show on NBC, but um, she sells this glass. Uh, I guess you know, like uh, mm-hmm. whatever, like on the NBC store, or whatever it is. Uh, on the show, she always drinks out of this glass at the end of her show, and she always drinks a margarita. Um, this glass looks like a regular size glass in her hand. Um, apparently, uh, like in actual life, or an actual, you know, like in real size. Uh, have you ever seen that picture of andre the giant holding the beer can where it's like look how big andre the giant's hands are with the beer can it's like oh like and it's like that's what it looks like in my hand this cup it's tiny i don't know if she's just maybe a little (laughs) miniature person with the tiniest hands on the planet or they have a different glass for her but uh you know it's very deceiving because i got this thing and i'm like i could almost put my entire 
uh, circle my entire hand around <laughs> like, from my middle finger to my thumb. She actually looks pretty tall to me. And I know like... I'm not like a giant. You know what I mean? So, uh... hey, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of wild. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> enough of my weird tiny glass rant uh, that I'm super appreciative for. Uh, yeah, we'll take a small break. We'll listen to the hate line, uh, the new messages. Everyone will get to hear those. And then uh, when we come back, um, uh, we got, what do we got? Adam Toledo. We've got Lieutenant uh, Karan Vasario. Uh, both just horrible incidents as well. Uh and then Rossi, yes, the ultimate get at how you live. The god, <laughs> so far, so um, yeah. Let's uh, let's <laughs> let's take a quick break. Uh, refill our glasses. Uh, I know y'all ain't doing nothing. It's the weekend. By the time you guys are listening to this out there in the podcast world, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, yeah, you know, like uh, grab a beer, sit back. <laughs> uh, it's about to get serious. Some more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, my bad. I'm always messing. See, this is the part where I always mess up because I always got to do this. So um, yeah, tell tell the DJ to play us we'll out. Be back, everybody, stay tuned. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. I got I got to play us out because uh, I think that's how it works. Yeah. Get how you live. We'll be back. <laughs> What I hate the most is when I'm at a public location, say like at Publix or the mall or anywhere that there's a lot of people and there's somebody talking on their phone on speaker. Like I can hear them talk. I can hear the people talking. Like keep that to yourself. Uh, You know, speakers should be for your home or inside your car but not when there's other people around. Like, I don't want to know what you guys are going to do or what she did or what he did or whatnot. Like, I just hate going into a public place and hearing somebody's speaker or phone just talking like like we're not there. That really bugs me. You know what I fucking hate? People who don't believe in fucking science. Whether you're an anti-vaxxer, whether you think the earth is fucking flat. I don't give a shit. What else? What else dumb shit going on? Uh, we didn't evolve from apes. They're so fucking smart. Look at them. How about um, the Earth is the center of the universe? Anything anti-science is fucking stupid. And I can't fucking stand it. And it brings human beings backwards instead of forwards. We would be such an advanced civilization if people actually believe in fucking science. It's not an opinion. It's fucking fact. Now I got to talk. I gotta tell what I feel. I gotta talk about my life as I see it. Ricky. 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 Get it. Get it how you live with a big you. (laughs) The biggest you in the middle. What's the sock update over here, Saul? What's that? Sock watch 2021.
Did you say Stockwatch 2021? Stockwatch. Oh, Stockgate. Stock <laughs> I was gonna say, funny enough, I did pull out of I pull I pulled my money out of Dodgecoin today. So. <laughs> oh, word. so you like you ready to buy a house? No, it wasn't crazy like that. I didn't have that kind of money invested. I just I was like, oh, all right, I'm I'm probably I might I'm, you know don't take my word for it. I hate that I'm even talking about it because. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not any kind of uh, financial advisor or anything like that. You I don't know. That's how Martha Stewart ended up going to jail. Thanks, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, this this thing was uh, a a while back. I saw that Mark Cuban was accepting his currency inside uh when he when they were going to open up the uh, the arena that the Mavs playing. So um, I was like, all right, let me see what's up and uh. So you copped a few things. Yeah, I copped a few things, and then I got scared today because uh, I saw it making a lot of movement. So I was like, "All right, let me let me make out with what I can, and then uh, we'll see what happens." I talked to Buddy. Buddy was the one that made me do it. Yo, check <laughs> you out, man! Playing the markets in yeah, the middle like of the pandemic. I don't, I don't, I don't like it one bit. But this uh, time last <laughs> year, the man was unemployed, ladies and gentlemen. Now he is a financial guru. No, no. <laughs> Give it up for him, y'all. No, give no, it up for him, y'all. With a uh, financial guru, uh, use that term lightly. <laughs> no, I. Uh, you know what? You know what? I will. What I will. The one thing I will tell people, and uh, you know, and like I said, I'm not any kind of. Uh, financial any kind of like Dominican Jim Cramer <laughs> okay but I will say you know always keep your taxes separate all right even if you get married never file jointly got right? mm. <laughs> mm. lawyers watching lawyers so I won't go broke just just <laughs> keep your assets separated uh, Oh. If you ain't no punk, holler, we want prenup. We want we prenup. Want prenup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, do not you know what? Keep your keep your finances separate. Mm. Yeah, everything will be everything will be a lot easier. Whether you're married or, or so whatever your situation is, uh, in, in some sort of partnership, whatever. Mm. Do not file jointly. Doesn't matter if you can if you think you're gonna get money or not, it's gonna come around and bite you in the end. Trust money me. and blood don't mix like two beep. and no chicks. Find yourself yeah. serious. <laughs> I'm telling you. But anyway, that, that's the only thing I that's the only thing I would advise anyone. But again, I'm not a I'm not any kind of professional, you know, tax advisor or anything like that. I just I just know you could save yourself a lot of Oracle grief. from Sanjo Domingo. You just play the role on podcasts? Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not even. But uh, I just take the socks off. and, and, uh, and uh, There we go. I've, I've, got a, uh, I've got this foot massager. Ross saw a picture of it. Mm, light flex, light flex. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I, so I've got my tootsies going on that right now. Is light that flex, foot massager? Flex, flex. Was he, not, he uh, is the Sean Watson on right now. <laughs> I hope whoa, not. Whoa. Whoa! Accused. <laughs> why you gotta? Why you gotta put me like that? <laughs> hey, it's not looking good for the boy. Carry on. No, no, it's not. But um, nah. anyways, let's uh, let's welcome everybody back. We're back, everyone. The second half here. Socks are uh, off. My my feet are dry. Uh, dry feet. 
Tarantino is good. Um, and yeah, I, I, I guess um, we've got Brock uh, joining us, just to let everyone know um, who's listening in. Um, good friend of ours. He's also, uh, I, don't, I don't know, Brock, give us a little intro yourself. I mean, what, what, what do you do? What, what, what's going on here? What, what can you tell everybody? I did, see, I did see something, I believe, with your uh, nonprofit that you work with that uh, they did something with the NBA or something like that? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, uh, yeah. I, work for, I work for uh, City Year. We're an education nonprofit organization. I am not speaking on their behalf that out there as we are a nonpartisan organization and I am extremely partisan yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, yeah you know so it's, it's always uh, we go ahead and just place uh, AmeriCorps members in schools to serve as tutors and mentors to students so it's a cool gig brought me started doing it in Orlando served my home community first and then bounced I've been bouncing around with them since up here with our Buffalo site doing some fundraising for us. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's still work, but at least I'm not working for a heartless corporation. So it's a little better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not the dream life of being a kept man yet, but we're, we're getting there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why, you know, it's gotta be, gotta be in the gym every day. Gotta get mm-hmm, working. Mm-hmm. Towards Man's that goal. How many pounds again? Uh, like 130 pounds. Mm, over 100. My man dropped over 100 pounds. 30 pounds. Yeah, I lost. Look, I lost looking I lost for a high value percent. woman. Yeah, I've uh, actually got to go to the thrift store tomorrow because I realized this week I went through finally and I uh, got rid of my old clothes. And I'm like, I have like one pair of pants that are like gym pants. So <laughs> one oh. pair of jeans. All right, man. So, people are gonna uh, start going outside again, Brock. I that's know. That's a good kind of shopping. That's a that's a fun kind of shopping, right the, there. It's it's always way more fun when your clothes don't fit for the right reason. Mm, amen. Amen. Instead of that, uh, you know, when they don't fit the other way, because then you're always like holding on to those clothes, hoping you'll get back there. And... I've got a couple of those shirts myself. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm getting back, and you're like, okay, just hold on to that. Fill up the closet with things you can't wear. Oh, wow! That's where I'm at right now. You're just pandemic uh, weight. I feel like uh, personally attacked right there, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby. Oh, that's too good. That's too good. I uh, let me see. I, I mean, I, I'm probably in I'm probably about the same shape to be honest with you. I think. There you go. Yeah. So. uh like I might slightly better than than before the pandemic because I wasn't working out at all really as much as I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I'd say uh, this is a might be a little bit better than before, which isn't a, a big step up. But uh, you know, I'll get my I'll get my Brock on here hopefully. Hey, the next you know, coming weeks. You ever want to <laughs> you know talk about my push uh, pull leg splits? I got you. You know, oh my. When we have when we have our workout session. Um, I can tell you all about all my weird lifting I'm doing. Oh, just my. during the break, I just had my, you know, uh, casing protein. Got to build them muscles. Yes, yes. You definitely <laughs> got to eat some protein. Oh, God. Oh, but all see, right. it's, the whey, it's the whey protein right after the workout, and then it's the casing protein before uh, night, before bed. That's That's the key. Oh, see, that's – that's a lot more than I know. Ross, are you taking notes? 
Good thing this is recording. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. Um, all right. So we uh we left off, unfortunately. Um you know, with the with the Dante Wright situation and uh the police officer resigned. She's been arrested, I believe. And um Yep, she's out on a hundred thousand dollar bond. Okay. Which it always amazes so, me how quick the cops can always put together this bond money. Oh, the union. I'm like, oh yeah, because the union has their funds, and it's like, goddamn, teachers don't got yeah. don't got nothing. They're buying hey. their own pencils. Yo, yeah, straight up, I oh, I can wow. personally attest to that. We have been personally supporting my son's first grade class. Yeah. Mm. Meanwhile, shoot, 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 shoot somebody fatally, and uh, we got you on the bell. Don't even worry about it. Mm. But you want to teach some elementary school kids, and it's like, go fuck yourself. But but if you want to, but if you want to bring water to people who are waiting in line to vote, you might end up in jail too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hey, just don't give them any reason to think you're ever resisting, you know, and apparently anything can be resisting arrest, right? Even having your hands outside of the car window the entire time. Or or even just walking out of the back. I, what was this video with the Adam Toledo situation? Because I did not see this video. On nah, I, I can't watch it. So I don't know yeah, what um, happened. I really I know, don't know, I know what happened. I just know that a 13-year-old boy is dead. At the hands of the law enforcement, and I was like, I don't even want to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched it because, again, I, I feel like uh, you know us white people who call ourselves allies can't not watch these videos. I feel like it's kind of our job to have to watch them because mm. you gotta. I feel you. Other people are living the reality, so we at least got to make sure we watch it to you know as hard as it is, just so we. Still remember what the all this shit's going on out there. If you really want to be an ally, but uh, it was, I mean, again, and, and the whole thing they're saying is it, he might have had a gun that he threw behind this fence where he gets shot beforehand to try to get rid of it. But when he raises his hands, you can see very clearly. You could stop the video right there, and he is unarmed and. The crazy thing is, is as you know, the cops yelling for him to raise his hands, and he turns around and raises his hands just that the cops asking for. Cop shoots him in the chest, and then, then the cops over there like, "Hey, you okay? You okay? You all right? Where where did it hit you? Where'd you hit you?" And it's like, dude, you just fucking shot him in the chest. No, he's not all right. <sighs> I mean, what was the whole point? I don't understand why. I mean, what time of night was this? Does it, is it, does it matter? I mean, you know, I mean, he's a kid. Why is the kid? What's going on? So apparently, what, I think the story from what I've heard a little bit, and I'm a little less familiar with this one, is uh, he, uh, he, he was with a friend, and his friend shot, uh, had, had apparently this is the story, is that his friend had the gun, and he had shot, uh, he had let off a few shots, and then um, he, for whatever reason, was basically is what the assumption is, is took the gun and started running with it. And the cops, you, the video just starts with he, the cops running after him. 
and yelling, stop, put your put up your hands. And that's when you see the kid stops, throws his hands up in the air, and then gets shot right in the upper chest. Like literally it happens right at the start of it. Yeah. And it's it it's a split second, you know, like probably half a second after uh, he raises his hands. And so, I mean, you know, a lot of people are using that to defend him. Like, oh, it's a split second decision. But I mean, I'm sorry. Like, taking somebody's life shouldn't be a split second decision like that. Like, and what what did he want him to do? What was the thing he was wanting him to do? He raised his hands. How could he have handled mm. that situation better? Like, you know, and again, the whole thing is, you know, even if the whole that whole story is true, where he had the gun and he you know, threw it behind the fence there so he wouldn't have it on him. Even if that's the case, like, that's, is that worth him losing his life for? And this is, again, when we were talking about before, you know, we are talking about mistakes. He's a 13-year-old kid. Okay, maybe he made a mistake and he's helping some, you know, get a gun away from uh, from his friends so his friend doesn't get in trouble. We've all fucking made mistakes, and you could say, you know, your mistakes aren't as serious as that, but yet I know a whole bunch of motherfuckers that, you know, would say that same thing are the same people who go out there and drink and drive. And you're out there, you know, you've you've had a few drinks and you got into the car, then you've made a mistake that's risked people's lives just as much as that. And then he's fucking 13. He's 13 and he raised his hands. Why did he die? Yeah, it is. I'm seeing like yeah. some stills, mm-hmm. and he's got his hands up, and he's not holding and anything. Clearly, nothing's in his hands. No. So even and if he's he... a tiny kid, he's a tiny yeah. kid. And but but again, I mean, you know, I've I've seen a clip of Fox News today, and of course, how are they referring to him as you know uh, a a thirteen year old man? Year old man, yeah. Give me a fucking break. Thirteen-year-old is not a man. It is amazing how quick conservatives are to call uh, black shooting victims men, or you know, women, or call girls that you know Matt Gates goes out with as women. You know, yeah, seventeen, seventeen-year-old, <laughs> seventeen-year-old woman. It's not a woman. That's that's a girl. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Damn, yo. Mm-mm. That's just... That's horrible. Mom thought he was missing until the cops came came in with that story, something like yep. that. I mean, it really... Because it, that, that's the whole thing. It's like, what... When it comes down to... What do these people who are, again, these bootlickers out there, what do you want them to do? What is the right course of action? And at the end of the day, should a 13-year-old be able to make a mistake like that that's going to cost his life? Where a grown man is going to just shoot him immediately in a split second because he turned around and raised his hands, his empty hands? I I don't understand how people... After seeing incident after incident, murder after murder, killing after killing, can't agree with the fact that the system just needs to be over. Because it's otherness. 
it, it's the same reason why when like this is the fact of the matter is the same goddamn reason why white people went ahead and drained pools and poured in cement when desegregation got ended because they they don't want to share nice things you know their quote unquote nice things with people who they see as less than yeah oh you don't get the right to make mistakes you don't get the right to do these things yet these same motherfuckers are over there defending Kyle Rittenhouse and calling him just a young kid yeah he's a 17 year old kid and yet Kyle Rittenhouse is getting tossed bottles of fucking water Kyle Rittenhouse is getting money from, from cops. cops. He's a 17-year-old kid running around with a rifle, shooting people in the presence of law enforcement right there, and nothing happens to him, y'all. Nothing happens to him. And then you have a 13-year-old man, 13-year-old boy gets rid of the gun. Fear, whatever, got his hands up, and he still gets shot. Split-second decision because he's not viewed as a threat. But little Adam is viewed as a threat. Because it's that otherness. It's the fact that the police force is still entirely based around and based on systems of white supremacy. Like at the end of the day, that's what this is. And it doesn't matter if the cop is not a white person. White supremacy is so ingrained. Yeah, it's, it's, into still, it's the still the system. You're still in. You still can't still separate that it. shit. Yeah, you're still enforcing. You can't. It. You cannot separate that. What's that? Right? Oh, I'm saying what what he's saying is correct. You don't have to be a white cop to enforce white supremacy. That's what happened in Virginia. Yep. The the way that the system has has been designed, created. It's the way that it's supposed to be enforced. It just supports the white supremacy structure. And I know a lot of people are probably listening to this and rolling their eyes in the back of their heads. It's not an, atta- an attack on you. It, it, there's Here's the thing. There's a world where we all see each other as human beings, but really see each other as human beings and understand each other's experiences or at least are willing to recognize each other's experiences. Not so much where you go around saying, oh, well, I'm colorblind. No, you you're not colorblind. Nobody's colorblind when it comes to that. Right? So there's the world where where we recognize each other as human beings and understand that we come in with various experiences. And then there's a world where we want to maintain a certain group of people at the top. And usually the people who want to do that belong to that group and they happen to be white. And so you have the white people who are like, yo, I don't see the world like that. And then you have those who do. And that's what we refer to when we talk about white supremacy. Because really, at the end of the day, that's why I keep trying to, you know, whenever I talk about this stuff, it's not about the individual cops. It's about the system. Yes. It's about the fact that, like, this is, as we've seen, example after example after example, these aren't isolated incidents. These are all connected. And it's because, and it's because, I mean, if you look at the data straight up and, you know, Again, we're about to, you know, I know the next case we talk about is another traffic stop. Obviously, this one's not. But, like, traffic stops, over-policing, criminal charges. You look at the data, and the data tells you right fucking there that 
uh, minority communities are over policed. That um, black and brown, uh, your black and Hispanic uh, drivers get stopped at a higher rate than white drivers, and then they get a higher rate of search when they do get stopped. And then, you know, I mean, thankfully, you know, if you would have asked me my wow, what it was a couple weeks ago, is the fact that you know New York State legalized. Uh, marijuana up here and thankfully for that because i love i love you know to have a nice toke but white you know we've seen it so long white people use drugs at a higher rate at the same or a higher rate than people of color yet people of color are the people who get convicted yeah this is an um, entire system all the way up from the beat cop to the judges there used to be a juxtaposition between crack incarcerations and cocaine incarcerations and it was just mm -hmm. ugh, disgusting mm. yeah cocaine is a, is a rich man's drug yeah and like my man mm. said from the beat cop to the judge because it's the system yep it's not about, and that's why when we get down and talk about, in, you know, oh, and, you know, people try to parse, like, oh, did this cop do the right thing, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nah, we're not, you're not even asking the right, pro, the right question. Because there is, how can you, as somebody who thinks in an interaction that you're going to potentially be murdered, what is the rational action for you to take to avoid that? How can that – every every black and brown person who has these interactions with the cops has to respond with immediate fear because unlike me, when they get pulled over, they're not worried about a goddamn ticket. They're worried about am I going to – I better make sure my camera's rolling during this. Yeah. Yeah, which I personally think that's that's part of the reason why the homie's still alive today. Cause oh, oh, I I would agree with you on that. I mean, it's but again, it's, we're seeing this whole. I if you're not talking about systemic change in the way we police, then you're not serious about finding a solution. You're just not. Um, <clears throat> Ross, you said, uh, and this, I guess this will bring us to our, to our next, uh, our next topic here, uh, Lieutenant Nazario, um, who was stopped mm -hmm. in Virginia by, uh, some police, uh, Ross, you said, why, why, why do you think he was still, because still alive? right before he pulls, right before he's, right before he gets his hands out of the car, he sets up his, uh, his phone camera to mm -hmm. record. And so uh, that phone camera okay. recorded the whole the whole event, the audio, and now they had to release the whole they had to release the cops um what is their their body cam? Their dash cam or oh, no, their dash cam, yeah, their body cam. Yeah, they had to release the body cam footage because yeah, so my man is driving down, he just did some sort of military exercise, he's going back to base and whatnot. And they pull him over because they say he doesn't have a, a license plate, which is not true. He, he had has a the dealer plate. The, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? He had a dealer plate. So when they turned their lights on for him to pull over, he kept driving slower speed, 
but he kept driving and didn't pull over until he was at a gas station. Which I would say that's another thing I think Which, that saved his life. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been told to do that if you're not comfortable stopping somewhere rural or super dark. Like, drive until you're at a well-lit area, like a well-populated area. I would do that. And you know what's crazy is, you know, the cops were super upset about that. But do you know the number one way that cops die in the line of duty? Do tell. No, go ahead. They get hit by cars when they pull people over. Oh. It's the number one way cops die in the line of duty is because they get sideswiped by a car on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so my man is 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 at the gas station and the the body cam starts and you you hear them like get out of the car get out of the car guns are drawn and everything he got he got his hands out of the car and he's like yo what's going on why are you pulling me over get out of the car get out of the car can you please tell me what's going on like he's literally asking them he's literally super, asking them. super calm his like very clear in his voice that he's not threatening or trying to threaten in any way. Yeah. Yeah. And how does the cop say? The cop says, uh, you're about to ride the lightning if you don't get out of the car. Yeah. All right, here we go. Yeah, you're about to ride the lightning. My man says, my man says, well, I'm I'm afraid to get out of the car. Oh, you should be. Well, yeah, there's there's one way to de-escalate the situation. Mm -hmm. Tell him that he should be afraid to get out of the car. Why don't you? All right, let's uh, let's check this out and see if I got this right. Hopefully, it'll play. Hopefully, you guys will be able to hear a little bit. Hopefully, everyone will be able to hear it. I got it queued up. Let's see. How many occupants are in the vehicle? What's going on? How many occupants are in your vehicle? It's only myself. Why are your weapons drawn? What's going on? Step out. Get out of the car now. What's going on? Get out of the car now. Get out of the car. He literally just has his yep. hands out of the car. Work with us. We'll call it, Get out the car. You received an order. Obey. Who the fuck are you? Received an order. Wow. You received an order. And Obey it. You're not a ranking. Uh, and he's literally wearing. Military. You're a piece of shit. He's literally wearing his military right fatigues. Yes. Wow. And so this happened mm-hmm. December fifth, and we're just now. Yeah, because he's suing them. Yep, as he should. Oh my! Let's see what happens here. How many occupants are in your vehicle? So this is from the body cam now, and these cops have their guns drawn at them for whatever reason. Open the door slowly and step out. Open the door. Another training officer. Wow, my man's like, I served this country, this is how I'm treated. My other, guess what? I'm I a learned veteran too. To obey. I'm a veteran and an American and a Christian. How dare you? But like, I learned how to obey. <laughs> the whole thing there being that, like, yeah, I learned he how- doesn't have, like, you don't have agency, which is really how the cops see it. Like, it doesn't matter that this is a grown man who's serving his country. He's nothing. There's no value in him besides him immediately just following whatever these individuals say. Let's see. Let's see if I can hear this idiot guy say, Get out of the car now. Ride the lightning. 
Get out the car. Get out now. You're being stopped by traffic violence. You're not cooperating at this point right now. You're under arrest. Or you're being detained. Okay? You're being detained for obstructing justice. I like how he said you're under arrest, and then he says you're being detained. Like that fat fuck <laughs> doesn't even know what he's he's saying. He's just pointing a phaser right at this guy. Like, mm-hmm. give me a break. Give me a break right now. Really? He just grabbed his arm for no reason. Get your hands off me. Get your hands off me. You know what? Get your hands off me. Not a problem. Back up, baby. Sir, get out of the car now. Sir, hey. So at this point, the cop, like, for some reason, just grabs his arm, then decided to let go of his arm and grabs the pepper spray. I would have just rolled up my window. We know, but the thing is, we know how that that would end it. Yeah. And, and I mean, because yeah. the whole thing there, You're too, right. is, like, and as we heard in the George Floyd, Floyd trial, or, I'm sorry, the Derek Chauvin trial, the... Um, in the last two weeks is like, even if you see a cop doing something wrong, there's no way to stop them. That's why you heard all these bystander one after another come in here and, you know, feel this guilt because there's nothing they could do to stop them. That's how these cops act. They act, they're power hungry in the way they're acting, which is just, you will, you need to learn how to obey. Not un- they're not trying to understand. They're not trying to de-escalate. He was released later without. Charges. And I mean, even there too. I mean, one of the things we heard there is the officer is threatening basically to arrest him for resisting arrest, which is the most BS charge if it's not tied to a reason for why you should have been arrested in the first place. I mean, you have a whole thirty minutes of this transaction of this situation right there this encounter and i've watched the whole 30 minutes and i was just like flabbergasted by how it started and then you can tell when they realize that they fucked up because all of a sudden they want to be nice to him right he calls his superior his his commanding officer because he asks him at one point after they take him he's like can i can i can you call your 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 commanding officer can you call your commanding officer my man is my man is, is 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 maced. I said Taze. My man is maced. He's got pepper spray all up in his eyes, and he's asking for that, right? And you can tell. I mean, he's at this point he's he's embarrassed because he just he got maced. He's gotten handcuffed, and again he still doesn't understand what's going on. Right? You still haven't told him why you pulled him over. You still haven't told him why you want him to get out of the car. And at that point, he's just like, and, and you can hear him. He's like, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. He's literally crying saying that shit. Mm-hmm. Then he's asking for the commanding officer. Finally, the guy goes ahead and calls his commanding officer. Then commanding officer possibly ripped him a new one because then he comes back all of a sudden. He's like, well, you know, it's, this, it's the weekend. My commanding officer is not available right now. Uh, but he told me, here's what we can do for you. This, that, and the third. Like, all of a sudden, they're buddies because he knows he fucked up. But yeah, like mm. this, this, this is what happens, right? Literally yelling commands at him. Get out of the car. Won't even tell him what's going on. Won't even tell him what's going on. Then he tries to demean him, tries to belittle him. He's like, well, what, what are you, a, a corporal, a specialist? He's like, no, I'm a lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Tries to peg him down a bit, right? Gutierrez is his name, the, 
the cowboy. Yeah, the cowboy is Gutierrez. I believe he's been let go. He's been re- relieved of his services. And this is why, like, the whole idea of you know, again, the the bootlickers love to talk about, which you know, this whole idea of oh, you should have just complied. Oh, like you know, all this kind of respect, like the kind of like respectability politics that kind of seep into these interactions, and it's like, dude, this man is out there serving his country. What more could you want from him? He drives a little further, rightfully so, to get to a well-lit space where it's going to be safer. And he immediately puts his hands out the window because as you know, another case we referenced earlier, we know if the cops can't see your hands, even if you tell them what you're doing beforehand in the Lando Castile case, They'll still potentially shoot you if you if you don't have your hands in sight at that exact moment. Yeah, my man gets maced, and then they're like, right, right before he gets maced, they're like, "Oh, take take the belt off, take your belt, take your take your seat belt off." He's like, "No, I'm not, I'm not taking that thing off. You come in and take it off. I'm not taking that thing off." Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just bad all around. Mm. Not just-, just bad all around. And again, uh, so we, we're, we're over here being told that all he had to do was comply. Why? Why did he have to comply? You didn't even tell me why you want me to step out of the car. And, and I mean, the, the real fact of the matter is, and this is part of his uh, lawsuit, is where is his, his Fourth Amendment rights in this? Yeah, they opened. We talked about an unlawful uh, search and seizure. Yeah. Where is that? He's never told, oh, this is the reason you're pulled over. Nope. Before they pull him right out of the car. Where is his Fourth Amendment rights? Like, all these motherfuckers, again, these bootlickers who love to talk about the founding fathers like they never did a damn thing wrong in their lives. Well, guess what? One of the founding fathers' biggest problems with the King of England was the fact that they didn't have – that they were unwarranted searches and seizures. This is exactly what we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my guy is literally like, but what's going on? Again, you're just, at the end of the day, law enforcement is just a job. It's just another job. Why Why do I have to comply if you can't even tell me why? You need me to do something. Clearly posing no threat. Got his hands out the window, talking in a calm demeanor. You can't say he's antagonizing in any way, shape, or form. He's literally wearing his military fatigues. His uh, his wife Raquel mm-hmm. was also a cousin yeah. to Eric. Connections Garner. run deep. Connections run deep. In 2014, my man would call. Connections run deep. It is, believe, it is believed that George Floyd's uh, wife worked at was a dean at a school that not wife girlfriend was was working at a school that um, Dante Wright went to. The connections are in deep. Mm. It's sad, and I mean the fact of the matter is, is you know the unfortunate thing is, as we all know, there's been so many of these incidences that it's just statistically, you know, of course they're going to be connected in some way. Because this isn't rare. This isn't a once in a blue moon kind of fucking thing. 
This is something we're seeing, you know, three fucking cases in a fucking week. And those are the ones we know about, right? Yeah, exactly. And this is the whole thing, too, because the reason why, you know, anybody who thinks this is a new thing, this ain't new at all. This is just the proliferation of camera phones. Yeah, this... This This shit's... Rodney King, there's a reason why, you know, we saw Rodney King, uh, like, that case happened with, as soon as people started really being able to record, you know, have their own personal cameras to record video. That shit's been going on forever. None of this is new. Uh, People like me have just not had to experience it firsthand, so we've not had to think about it. Yeah. Which is again why I'm telling you, like, I every white person out there, if you're gonna call yourself an ally, you have to watch these videos. Because you have to confront the ugly face of white supremacy and what's going on to make sure that you're being the best advocate you can be. I saw this post, Sade put this post up on Facebook, um, mm. Shannon Sharp, talking about... Black friends? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, my, yes, it's perfect. It's perfect, and it's like, you know, you don't, you know, these people don't, like, they, they, they don't have yep. black friends, they know black people, because if you had black friends, you would... You would you would have some sort of empathy. You have some kind of empathy because you're fucking. I mean, I I see it. You know, and I'm very thankful that I've worked in you know my city years a super diverse um, place, and I've been able to meet a lot of people um, who don't look like me. And you see how tired all of them are. My you know the our executive director for my site. You know, when I was talking today, he's just tired. Because it's happening over and over and over again. It's not hard. You can see it. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, you know, I get so angry when I see videos like this. I hear these stories because it, um, I mean, you, and, and, and you know, like Ross knows me, I, man, I just mm. have such a short fuse for uh, things like that, uh, situations like that. And it's just, um, man, it's tough. It is just tough. Because um, I don't know what I would do. I, like, I, I've been lucky enough to never really have a, that, a bad interaction like that with police. I mean, I got pulled over once, uh, one time, not once, but one time I got pulled over and there were there were about three other cop cars showed up out of nowhere. It was like four in the morning. I was right around the corner. Yo, was it right outside of Lakeside? Yeah, right in front of Lakeside. Um, you know, but I and, and I get it to the point where I and I'll admit I took an illegal left turn. Like so, all my life down this road, uh, you've just been able to come straight down this road. Yeah, and then they like, rebuilt. That, they they did, did some moderations to it. Then, Rocky Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they like uh, redid this uh, road a little bit, and then they didn't have a light there, so you could just had to wait and you just make a left. Well, you had to make a left. Big deal. Um, 
Well, uh, you know, me, uh, I think I'm home, coming home from college, uh, uh, visiting home from for college for like a weekend or whatever, uh, Cinco de Mayo. And yeah, and I like they, they had a light there all of a sudden. And I was like, man, fuck this light. Like, <laughs> ain't no like, cars coming. Like, I've been driving this road. All... Yeah, ain't no cars coming. Who cares? You know, and I'd make that left. And I tell you what, I mean, I'm from where that light was to where the cop pulled me over. That car, that mm. cop flew. I mean, I saw him fly. I mean, just to hit this, hit this hill, this little bridge, jumped over that bridge. I was like, oh man, these guys must be after somebody important. Lo it was you, El Chapo. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, I know. And I get it. I shouldn't have took that left. That's why I got pulled over. But then, like, when three more cop cars showed up and, you know, everything got all weird for a second, I was like, what? Mm. Why are there so many of you guys here? Like, what's going on? You know, it's like, uh, it's, like it's like a game to them. You know, it, it really is. But um, luckily, everything was all right. I didn't get a ticket or anything. And uh, they let me go on my merry way. Um you know, some people lucky, aren't yo. as fortunate, obviously. So, um, I mean, I, you know, it just stinks because I, I get so angry. Uh, just so angry seeing things like that. And it's like I, yeah. you just want instant karma on that cop. You know, that's what that's what it is. You want instant, instant karma to happen and be like, all right, well, you know what, you idiot, like, pulled over the wrong dude <laughs> like pull out a badge and you're like some you know i remember they CIA did that one time CIA or something it's like yeah the guy did they, they? they tried to run up on some dude he ended up being an fbi agent and then he read them the oh, right yeah, i did see that yeah <laughs> yeah idiots i'm telling you man it's just uh huh it's so disheartening. It um, oh, I mean, it it's like the worst ever fucking Groundhog's Day. Just every fucking day. Yeah, I mean, people will never know. People will never understand. They really don't get like the, the different set of rules that that like people like Ross and I yeah. have to go abide by if we get pulled over. You know, it's completely different. I can't even imagine Ross right now. You got a son. You know what I'm saying? Good luck, bro. He's yeah, almost calling both of us right now. He's seven. He's not, he's not right, cute. He's not cute anymore. So you know, like he's, now he's in the handsome phase. So it's only a, so it's only a matter of time yeah. until he becomes yeah. a, a man, right? And yeah, so exactly. How, how far is that? Fucking three years now? They're gonna you know what I mean? Like, like, man. Yeah, you can't have him. He yep. can't play with toy guns outside the house. You know, and I ran around. I ran around when I was a kid. I ran around with toy guns, mm. cap guns, left and right. Left and right. Didn't I mean mm -hmm. actual yep. cap guns that made the sound? You know what I mean? Yeah. With that little, with that little paper, uh, with the gunpowder in the paper, and like you see the spark, and make that pop sound, and you're just like pow, pow, going crazy with that thing. I can't imagine like. Uh, you know, I, I was. I was lucky. My childhood was lucky. But, you know, my mom didn't let me run around outside. Mm -hmm. That was all inside the apartment in New York. Yes. Yeah, like, you, as the older you get, the more you realize why your parents didn't allow you to do certain things. 
Yeah, I can't imagine being being you know this eight year old in the Bronx running around mm-hmm. with a cap gun outside his, his apartment. Yeah, could you imagine? Yeah, it's just. But here we are. You know, love here we are. Like, like my man said, it's like Groundhog Day, and 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 and, and that's because. People refuse to believe. They don't have to, obviously, because it's not their reality, right? It's not the world that they live in. It's gonna be because after, after. I mean, if this keeps going, trust me, they're gonna come after everyone else. But not them. I mean, what we're seeing here is the same goddamn playbook that authoritarians have used for so long and like when we're talking about the right right now the right has such ties to the authoritarian movements that we can tie it back all the way back to you know the conspiracies of right after the french uh revolution where you know one of the first things they wanted to do was the goddamn you know um what was it the protocols of the elders of zion where they started really passing off and selling um, anti-Semitism and using that as an excuse and then um, for, you know, why why uh, the, you know, French Empire fell and you had Napoleon's rise to power and all that stuff. And, and the whole reason why is because, you know, you get people upset about another group and not realizing that they're getting played by the fucking people who want to keep in power. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what this all comes back down to is like this there are systems in place in the state the state sanctioned violence and at the end of the day it's it's all related back to power. It's to keep people in their goddamn place so that the people who have power already can maintain it. And you know, their their whole thing has been for you know so long convincing people like my dad, unfortunately, effectively, who you know didn't ha- doesn't have money, who's lower class, to vote against his own interests because they get him to hate another group of fellow citizens instead. That's it. That's pretty much it. Mm. That's how, that's how that balance of power has been able to maintain for so long. Because a lot of people decided not to wake up. Because when you start, when you get in a situation and you're able to make people see that it's not really in terms of, yo, I know you think you're better than me because you're white, but we're really in the same boat. We're both broke. Mm-hmm. Our kids are both. And we want the same things. Yep. We want better schools for our kids. We want nicer roads. We want safer neighborhoods. And so when when you start having that happening, that's when it's a problem. So what do you do? You just always keep somebody feeling like they're better than somebody else. So basically, it's a, it's we're we're racing. If you're talking about Western, if you're talking about Western society, Western civilization, it's a race to not be at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, you, yep. What we all aspire to be the top, and the top is the rich white land holding male, and then everybody else is just fighting, is just fighting not to be at the bottom. Somewhere we have to fit somewhere in that hierarchy, 
on that note, there's a really good book yeah. that I recommend for people okay. to check out. Um, it's called Cast, and it's specifically about how the U.S. system is set up by a bipolar caste system in reality. When we look at it, with you know, um, white being the highest caste of white men, and um, black being the lowest caste, basically the untouchables here. And it's really interesting and changes. It also talks about like the history of how, you know, we've changed the definition of white oh, to yeah. make sure specifically to make sure that whites can maintain power. And we indoctrinate these people into, Hey, you know, the, the same thing as we're seeing now, you know, with, uh, we're seeing with like so much of the stereotypes with Asian Americans is they've been convinced like, Oh, be the good minority. You don't want to be, you know, Oh, you don't want to cause trouble and be like the, the blacks. Yeah. And well, that's why we're seeing, right you know, and yeah. it's all tied together. It's a great down. book. Yeah. I highly recommend. Um, I definitely check it out. And then it's all also tied into conspiracies. Cause at the end of the day, like these people, are sold lies to try to make all this seem super simple to them. Um, which is why another thing I would definitely recommend to people is to check out, um, uh, if you, uh, the Q and on documentary on HBO right now. Oh, Ooh, on HBO so good. Yeah. Oh, like recommendations, Brock, if we make a recommendations, let me go ahead and make some recommendations. Shoot. Um, do it. There's a book called Whiteness of a Different Color. Um, it's by Matthew Matthew Fry or Matthew Jacobson. Maybe his name is Matthew Fry. I don't know. But it's definitely Whiteness of a Different Color. And it just talks about how when different groups, when different European groups came in, they weren't considered to be white. So we're talking about the Italians. When the Italians first came, they weren't considered to be white. And then they realized that it was a caste system Right. And so by showing that you hated black people the most, you were accepted. Yeah. When the Greeks started coming in, same thing. They weren't considered to be white. And then they realized that it was a caste system. When the Irish came in, same thing. They weren't considered to be white. Then they realized that it was a caste system. And so it's the same thing. And, and if and you're that's gonna... why and that's why the Irish sought out police work so much. Yes. And then became the enforcers of the caste system that had once um, cut them out. Oh, there's a... All right, we're making recommendations. I got one for everyone else, too. It's not a book. It's a show called Warrior on HBO Max. And it's funny enough, it talks about... I mean, it... It, 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 it doesn't talk about it, but it shows the uh, large Irish uh, influx of, mm. of, of men like trying to be police officers. This is out west in California when the Chinese were coming to California mm. to build it back in the late 1800s. So it's a crazy, crazy show to watch because it's, you know, I, I watched it because it's uh, like Bruce Lee's oh, wife and daughter produced this and like made it because it was supposed to be a, yeah, it was supposed to be a show that Bruce Lee had came up with the concept and the idea for back when he was alive. But because Hollywood mm -hmm. is, was so racist and is still so racist, they didn't want a Chinese man to be the lead of the show. Hence why he was just uh, the sidekick on the Green Hornet. But um, he had this whole idea for this show, which is the show that his wife and his daughter ultimately ended up putting back together. And uh, it's about uh, a young Chinese man 
coming uh, to the States to look for his, uh, coming to California to look for his sister. And uh, he encounters uh, all that kind of racism and, and, and the, uh, what was it? The uh, mm-hmm. massacres, the Chinese massacres that happened out in California when they were railroads, out, uh, cons- yeah. you know, building, you know, San Francisco. Yeah, and the railroads. It's a, it's a pretty wild show, because um, mm. it has that mm-hmm. as a backdrop. Yeah, you know, so it's you, you can't ignore it, uh, but it, it, it's entertaining because it, you know, everything else that's going on, and obviously the guy's like a kung fu master that will, you know, knock your head off, but. Uh, <laughs> But it, yeah, it, it's pretty wild. Um, since uh, since Ross kind of mentioned just a second ago, uh, rich old white guys, and um, <laughs> uh, we we have, I think. Oh, we still got time. Word. Get it how you live. Since we're uh, we're yeah, we're near. We're, all right, all right. I was gonna do like a full the, expose, the, but I'll give y'all the condensed version. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, because uh, this is straight this up, is, straight you know, up. This is oh, why wow. the show. Big, big, big R.I.P. <laughs> big R.I.P. to uh, to a gentleman by the name of uh, Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff died on Wednesday. He died at FMC Butner, or is it Butner in Bahama, North Carolina? FMC stands for Federal Medical Center. Uh, Mr. Madoff was in federal custody. He was serving 150 years for running the largest financial fraud in history. $64 billion. My man is the scam god. Mm. He scammed all kinds of people, rich people, celebrities. Like um, <laughs> We have Steven Spielberg, Kevin Bacon fell into it. Even Sandy Koufax. Gave money to Bernie Madoff, and the list goes on. But I, once I saw Sandy Koufax, I was like, I, I, "We can't top that." <laughs> Yo, it's like, oh, the Mets, like I said, the, the Mets list goes on. <laughs> yeah, the team and, of MLB franchise. But the Mets have always been so good managing their money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Mets love giving away money. Shout out to Bobby. Yeah, Payne. like. But, uh, <laughs> they, 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 they so I hear what's yeah. his name is still they getting still paid too. Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> but um, oh, I don't know, but that'd be wild if he's still getting paid. But Bobby Bonilla is definitely getting paid. They just gave like uh three hundred something million door <laughs> shout out. Yeah, so Bernie, um, <laughs> basically what he did for years, and they they haven't figured out when he started scamming people. By the way, but they but it seems like for years he basically deposited investors' money into his business account at J.P. Morgan Chase. Then he would withdraw that same amount when people requested redemptions, right? So apparently he had just about enough money to make a redemption on November November 19th, 2008. But even though he had a few long-time investors drop in more cash, about a week after Thanksgiving, he didn't have enough money to even begin to make the rest of the requests. Because I don't know if you guys remember 2008 – it was a rough financial year for these United States bit. America. And so, whereas his Chase account had over $5.5 billion in mid-2008, by the end of November, it was down to $234 million. So, clearly, that wasn't enough. 
So um, he had his homeboy, Frank DePascali, who used to, uh, that was basically his assistant. He was the guy who was overseeing the whole fraudulent affair. He went to him and was like, yo, it's finished. So then he ended up going to his brother and he told his brother the whole thing. His brother's name is Peter. Then he told his son, Mark, that he planned to pay out $173 million in bonuses to his employees two months early. Basically, he was giving them bread before he was about to cash out, just bounce. Uh, Mark told his brother, Andrew, Mr. Madoff's other son. And then the next morning, they went to their dad and they were like, yo, dad, how are you going to pay these bonuses to staff, but you don't have money to pay clients? So they basically decided to go to his crib. And when they went to his house, he was like, yo, I'm finished. <laughs> There's nothing left. Um, it was just one big lie. Basically, <laughs> yeah, this is a Ponzi yeah. scheme. So what did his sons do? What did his sons do? Oh. His sons reported him to the authorities. <laughs> so he... Gotta love it. Yo, so he ended up... Um, he ended up pleading guilty to 11 counts, to 11 different felonies, right? Um, you had securities fraud wire fraud, mail fraud, money laundering, making false statements. He was very notorious for that. Perjury, theft from an employee benefit account, that's gully, and making false filings with the SEC, which I don't understand. Like, the SEC is supposed to be, like, the smartest of the smarties when it comes to, you know, following paper trail, whatever. But um, in 2013, he had a heart attack. That's when it was discovered that he had end-stage renal disease. Then in 2014, they found out that he had kidney cancer. But still, after all his after his lawyers made all these requests, he wasn't released. So he ended up dying of natural causes on Wednesday. So shout out to uh, RIP, rather, to the scam god, Bernie Madoff. $64, $64 million, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Step your game up. If you out here, if you out here giving out, giving out bad checks to Target, you need to step your game up. Bernie, 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 Bernie got sixty-four billion. Mm. If you out here stealing money from the register at your job, you need to step your game up. You know what I'm saying? You can do a lot better than you that. can do Get better. It how you live? You son. can do better than Get that. it how you live. <laughs> oh man. Yo, give me some shout outs. Uh Brock, give me some shout outs. We're at the end of this. You you you're you're oh, first with uh, shout outs. Call out your boy. Shout outs. Um I mean, hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shout out you if know, you have any, if you have white any people all, that are actually willing to do the work right now. Like, hey, make it happen. We got this. And shout out to all those people who are helping uh Get people the vaccine. I'm very thankful that I got to be get my second dose tomorrow. Dr. Fauci, all y'all, all y'all science peeps, you're great. <laughs> Yo, that, my shout out goes out to Rod, out. the wonderful, wonderful folks who decided to stand for for what's right. I'm talking about any and everybody who has had to hold up a camera while witnessing a police brutality event. I'm talking about sister Carol Horn, who was not afraid 
to damn, she literally put her career on the line, paid the ultimate ultimate price when you talk about career wise, and um, waited fifteen long ass years, and she still won the fight. But damn, at what cost, yo? At what cost? So shout out to anybody who who selflessly do those kinds of things. Um, to those folks, I say, get it how you live for real, for real. For real. Hmm. Let's see. Shout outs for me, the regular LA Insurance. Holler at them boys. Holler at Allen. Holler at Ray. Holler at Charles. Uh, just they got an office over off Boggy Creek, um, right there across the street from the Publix. Um, and they also have an office right across the street from the Florida Mall on OBT, right past the railroad tracks. Uh, right past the overpass, the uh, the turnpike overpass. Go over there. I mean, look, I'll help you out with everything. Trust me. Just go over there. If you need help with whatever it is, go over there. They got you. Uh, shout out to, as always, to uh, Tori and and Be Nice. Uh, you guys can catch me there on Mondays. Holler at your boy. We got a beautiful selection of craft beers. Um, I mean, it's wild. She keeps it local for real. So holler at Tori. Holler at uh, AMH. All my homies, boys, holler at Q and Enzo and KB and, and the whole nine. Holler at my boy Beta, who DJs uh, on Monday nights for me. Um, or with me, I'm sorry, not for me. Give me a break. This is a partnership. We all work together here. Um, but, yeah, so shout out to them. Shout out to Jay Wilson, uh, LFT website. Shout out to Melissa Wilson, LFT Realty Inc. Uh, Kenya Robinson and the Blixel Restock Image Project. Shout out to her. Uh, always doing big things. Um Man, I, I, that's it. Wrap it up, B. Wrap it, it up. Shout outs. I don't know. Uh, you know what? That's it. Yeah. Shout out to all those, uh, you know, punk ass cops out there that are too mm. uh, just spineless to do the right thing. You know, just do the right mm-hmm. thing. That's what you wanted to be a cop, right? You want to do the right thing in the first place? Yo. Do the right thing, man. Save a life. Do the right thing. Like. <laughs> Give me a mean. I don't even know what else to tell you. You know, just like stop, stop trying to play hero. Like, be a real hero. Do the right thing. If you want to sit there and cover up a murder and cover up all, this call your stuff call your fellow thing, officers out on shit. Because right as we all saw, none of us can do it. They ain't gonna well, listen. I mean, I can try all I want. It ain't gonna go nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh yo, thanks everybody for uh for tuning in. Catch us next week. Don't forget about the hate line. Uh yo, I'll pop up the link again this week. Yeah. You can go on Salt- or, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll get it how you live on the on the on the Facebook page. I know. <laughs> get it on get it how you live on the Facebook page. Um yo, you can follow me on Solly uh Solly D's or at Solly D's on Twitter, Saul underscore wall underscore on Instagram. Uh, you know the drill. Leave us a message. Do the right thing. All that good oh, stuff. Oh, sir, you good, B? You good? Uh, Just please, please, wrong? please, leave a review. You think so? Oh yeah. Hey, there you go. Thanks for having me on, Five y'all. Appreciate it. <laughs> Yo, broccoli. Of course, broccoli. Thanks for being on. Are you kidding me? I love it when you're on the show. <laughs> Peace. Peace, Louise. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.